is Due South on WUNC, broadcasting from the American Tobacco Historic District in downtown Durham. I'm Jeff DeBeer. A debacle in the Durham Public Schools spilled into public view last month. Here's the abridged recap. In October, the district doled out raises to more than 2,000 certified staff, cafeteria workers, janitors, bus mechanics, occupational and physical therapists, among other non-licensed teaching staff. The raises stemmed from an outside consultant that reviewed compensation. These raises were paid out in several paychecks, but then the district realized something was wrong, and more than 1,300 staff members were notified in mid-January that their raises were being revoked. The district cited a clerical error. However, it remains unclear how a so-called clerical error was able to impact more than 1,300 employees or why it took months to realize there was a problem, notify staff, and halt the pay increases. Numerous requests to the district seeking an interview have not yet provided clarity. The revoked raises led to irate, frustrated, and confused staff members. Then, walkouts. Last week, a dozen DPS schools were shuttered when a majority of staff, including licensed teachers, who were not impacted by the pay blunder, called in sick. This week, more closures. The Durham Public Schools CFO is out. Some are asking how long the superintendent can hang on. And yes, this is a fluid situation. Here to help us hopefully better understand what is and maybe is not happening are Crystalyn Moore and Quentin Heaton. Both work in Durham Public Schools, DPS, in support staff and education roles. They're members of the Durham Association of Educators, an organization that has been pushing for years to get pay raises for classified staff members in the district. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Crystalyn, Quentin, welcome to Do South. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. If you would, just a brief introduction, Crystal, we're going to start with you. Your specific education role, where you work, and how long you've been there. I am a, this year I am a you know, EC teacher at Riverside High School. Um, before that, I did um, eight years as an instructional assistant. Um, and during my time as an instructional assistant, I also worked with the DPSIA Association working mm-hmm. on getting the initial raise, or at that time, we were really just asking for a cost of living raise. Um, that is what sure. sort of started okay. this. And EC, for listeners that might not be familiar with it, exceptional children. Uh, Quentin, well, where do you work? How long have you been there? Um, my, again, Quentin Hedden. I work at Riverside High School. I'm an instructional assistant. Um, I've been doing that for 10 years, three years for Merrick Moore Elementary School, where I started right out of college and seven years with Riverside High School. And an instructional assistant is effectively a teaching assistant? Yes, sir. Um, and it's, a, mm-hmm. it's in the classified position group as well. Okay. And to the extent it, it matters, y'all are married, um, and you're both educators. <laughs> yes. Um, just in the name of disclosure, I don't think it really matters too much for our conversation here, but it actually might matter a little bit. Um, this is a story largely about money. I am admittedly going to get nosy and personal if you're both okay with that. What was your monthly take-home pay last May at the end of the last school year? Five, 5000 together, together, about $5,000 together. Okay. About $5,000 together. Raises are implemented in October. How did that impact the take-home pay? Um, our home income changed a little bit over the summer because at the end of last year, I decided to become a teacher instead of in a classified staff member. Okay. So with that, we'll call it a promotion. It's not really a promotion, but we'll call it a promotion. Um, 
I already was getting about a thousand dollars more a month. Okay, so we'll um, call it. Can we call it six thousand dollars? We'll call it six thousand. But then okay. with your raise, we yeah. were taking home seven, about seven a little, a little over seven, yeah. seven, seven two. Okay, so if roughly speaking here, and push back if we need to go a, a little bit more specific. But at the beginning of this academic year, you all were bringing home about six thousand dollars, and then with these raises, the DPS implemented in mid October or in October goes to seventy two hundred. That's a that's an increase of about fifteen percent. Mm. Yeah, it was really nice actually. Really nice, actually. Um, give us just a better sense of of what that additional fifteen percent meant for uh, meant for you and your home, and what decisions you made, or things like that. Um, it meant we could actually start paying our student loans instead of just letting them linger, um, especially since that is also around the time that student loans became having to be paid again. Right, the pause on student loan payments ended at the, the same time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Car payment was able to not be quite as stressful. Um, we were able to finally get some repairs on the house that needed to be done. Done. We finally got to get homeowners insurance on our nearly hundred year old house. Yeah. Um, got the and like literally from my standpoint, I was able to take care of things health wise um, yeah. that I wasn't able to take care of um, with the previous scale that I was on. So the raise and everything really impacted us and made it put us in a position where we could take care of more things um, that we've that had been daunting on us for a while. We were able to take care of more personal things and more health-based things you, as well. We got to have food at the end of the month yeah. instead of having ramen for the last week of, yeah, of the month, which was nice. It's always a plus um, to have some food in the refrigerator. <laughs> being able to actually go see people because we had gas instead of having to make gas be just to get to work. So, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of being able to put stuff in savings. Yeah. Having a savings account was nice. A couple hundred bucks a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, a few hundred bucks a month. Yeah. Being able to actually put something into our 401ks instead of just like, I went from $20 a month in my 401k to 250 So that, that's a factor of 10. Yeah. That like it was, it was really nice <laughs> yeah. to be able to actually start putting stuff away for the future. We're here on Due South. We're just getting going with Crystal and Moore and Quentin Heaton. They are uh, both. Uh, employees in the Durham Public Schools, and they have uh, been uh, impacted by a recent and significant pay blunder by the DPS schools. We're uh, getting into that. We're going to chat about it a little bit more on the other side. This is listener-supported North Carolina Public Radio uh, and Due South, coming to you from our American Tobacco Broadcast Studios. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Due South on WUNC. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Tabiri here in studio with Crystal and Moore, an exceptional children's teacher, and Quentin Hedden, an instructional assistant. They both work at Riverside High School in Durham. And they're here with us today to talk about raises that were doled out to more than 1,300 of their colleagues back in October. But those raises were revoked last month. It remains unclear why, how this accounting or clerical or massive blunder happened. And perhaps in the weeks ahead, we will learn more about those details. But right now, we're chatting with Crystalline and Quentin about what uh, a roughly 15% increase, more than $1,000, meant to them and uh, their home last fall. So you started to talk a little bit about this gang, uh, the savings, the ability to eat better, the ability to take care of some um, medical appointments or treatments, whatever it may have been. Uh, if you want to share, you can go ahead. Otherwise, we don't want to get too, too personal. Um, what about stress? Did stress plummet? Yeah, yeah. I mean— I think that, you know, with the uh, 
the way economics in America is right now for the for working class people, stress is especially money related stress is always very high. Um, but when you you start making you know about what fifteen fifteen hundred dollars mm-hmm. more a month, it sort of melts away, and you can start taking care of things that you you know things are always being pushed back when you don't have enough money in the household income. We, when we finally had that money, it was like, oh, we can finally start to, you know, dream a little um, about, you know, maybe we'll take a vacation this summer for the first time since, you know, college. Um, things like that. So it was nice to be able to have a little bit less stress, have a little bit more wiggle room. Um, and we're at the age now where it's like, you know, you have to start worrying about, you know, retirement and things. And DPS is he's going to get a pension because he's timed into it. I joined EPS after they cut pensions. Mm. So I have to actually plan for our retirement um, because I'm not actually getting, there's like no safety net at the end for me, but there is for him. So the race is coming in October. Um, You are planning, you are dreaming, you are stress lower, you're got all these uh, advantages that are coming. And then uh, I know for many, it was MLK Day. The irony here is like kind of uh, – yeah. there's irony there. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the letter comes from DPS, some sort of uh, correspondence via email, that the raise is being revoked. And I'm wondering, Quentin uh, – not wondering. I'm going to ask you, please, to take us back to that. Where where were you when you got the email? And what was your what was your initial thought? Or what, what, what how did you initially process it? So prior to the MLK Day message that, we, that I received – um, Friday, we were hearing from some other co-workers in different school areas. Um, meetings were happening at the schools about classified staff being um, impacted by the changes of pay scale and steps being like moved down or removed and some of the experiences. Um, and we didn't, I didn't hear a word about mine. So I just kept looking at my email every day and I thought, okay, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, haven't really got anything. Sunday night. Um, right before I woke up, I got a message, and the message basically it highlighted my step that I was awarded back in October, which basically put me at uh, a gross income of thirty three sixty one. And the step that it took me to um, was altered by the BOE, and that's exactly what it said. It said BOE approved step, Board of Education, yeah, mm-hmm. Board of Education approved, and it basically stated. Um, like twenty one ninety six, so that so that was a very hard shot for me to take. So they were pulling back twenty two hundred dollars. Is that um, just about? I would say one thousand one hundred forty five dollars. All right. So uh, confusion, difficulty, all these good things we talked about earlier are potentially gone. The rug is being pulled out from underneath you. Yep. Uh, and take it to Tuesday for me. You go into work, like is there, is it calamity? Is there confusion? Are people pissed off? Pardon my language. Most definitely. Um, custodial workers are upset. Um, data managers upset. The front, the lady that worked the front desk, um, the student services lady, the treasurer. So no, all of the classified positions are positions that are not certified for teaching. Mm-hmm. So basically that's about ni- almost 90% of the school, just about. So like 80, you would say between 87% of the school to like 90% of the school is mostly classified staff besides the, besides the certified teachers. 
Crystalyn Moore and Quentin Hedden are here with us on Due South talking about the Durham Public Schools raise, non-raise saga that has played out in recent weeks. So obviously some frustration. I certainly can I can imagine my own uh, feelings if I were to be in this position where, where my pay had been revoked. Uh, how quickly did you all start to discuss this possibility of walking out or demonstrating or pushing back or trying to find some power in, in numbers, if you if you will? Well, where all of that boiled down to was basically when we was working with DAE. Like um, a lot of the people who are on DAE haven't paid or don't pay a membership. Like we're there because we want to be and support and structure. So, DAE is Durham Association, Association of Educators. Uh-huh. And Crystal, and this is an organization, let me just be clear, this is not a union, you do not have collective bargaining, but this is a group of teachers that, you know, works to some degree in accordance and you've had a role or you, you've you been an advocate within this group calling for pay raises for several years now. S- sort of, yes. Um, sort of, yes. Okay, um, please, please, please. So, the... Durham Association of Educators is not just educators. It's in the title it is, but it's both educators and classified staff, and it's also community stakeholders like your parents, PTA, um, other people who are interested in what's happening in schools. You do not technically need to pay a membership fee in order to come to a meeting and have a discussion about how you are feeling about what's happening in schools. Um, and they do try to make a positive change in Durham public schools inside the classroom and also for working conditions, working and learning conditions. Um, I have been like loosely associated with them. I did not become a paying member until this year because I couldn't afford to be a paying member until this year. It's one of the things the raise gave me the ability to pay. Mm-hmm. But I had been... I guess about three or four years, mm-hmm. just sort of loosely joining when there was things that needed to be mm-hmm. talked about. Um, there was a grassroots group of classified staff mm-hmm. two years ago who made sort of like our own version, mm-hmm. specifically for classified staff because of the cost of living in Durham and the wages that classified staff were getting paid at that mm-hmm. time. Um, at that time, a beginning IA was making like $12, $12 an hour. $12.08. Yeah. And there's no way you can get an apartment on $12 an hour. So IA, instructional assistant, yeah. effectively a teaching assistant there. So in the name of inflation, the name of economic forces that are obviously impacting a lot of people, particularly folks who are making, you know, thirty to $60,000 a year, you're advocating for more uh, pay. You're um, aligned with the Durham Association of of Educators. Yeah. Um, so, Loosely, yeah. It was sure. more of it was more the classified staff saying, "Hey, look, you know, you're making a, a first year uh, classified worker is making approximately twenty four thousand dollars a year, and that's not even rent in the district in which we are working. Right. So." That, and and all we're asking for is, you know, cost of living wages. And surprisingly, we have a lot of instructional assistants throughout Durham itself that don't live in Durham. We have people who live in Alamance County. We have people who Yeah, live in they can't afford to live here. They can't afford to live right. in Durham. And they commute in. Yeah. So 
the raises come, the raises are revoked. And we're now in this, from my perspective, something of this opaque snowballing period where we don't have much transparency from the district. We, we, let me just say it again. We do not know how this happened or why or what enabled it to impact 1,300 staff members and carry on for months. We just, we don't know. We can pontificate. I've heard different things through the rumor mill, but we're not going to go there yet. And hopefully we'll <laughs> get some greater clarity in the weeks ahead. But I'm interested to hear from both of you about, you know, what happens moving forward. So your paycheck in January, your paycheck that just came a week ago, mm -hmm. was the same, I believe, as the November and December paychecks? No. Or no they were significantly lower. No. They have reduced um, it. Okay. To be honest, the paychecks that I – on my standpoint, I can't speak for nobody else, but from my standpoint, my paycheck basically resembled what I received back in 2018. I want to talk about the walkouts a little bit. We've got a few minutes left here. Um, how many walkouts have you participated in? What is your expectation for how this symbolic demonstration, my phrasing here, is going to kind of be sized up and grow or not grow or diminish here in the weeks ahead? Technically, we've not done any walkouts because walkouts would require us to be at work first. Mm. Um, and, sick, sick outs? Uh We've participated in one day of protest, okay. Um, which is, you know, we took leave to do, and um, and we picketed on that day um, at the Fuller Building, and um, Quentin was at SDC doing mm -hmm. a speech for um, classified staff. The thing is, it's like when we we do stuff like that, we literally it's in solidarity of fairness mm -hmm. toward all employees, because without the secretary, without the data managers, without the treasurer, without the custodial workers, without the cafeteria workers, without EC, there is no support structure in the school system. So when you start tampering and mm -hmm. messing with their income, their livelihood, how they make their day-to-day -day decisions. You kind of mess with, you mess with your foundation of your school system. So when when we did do our day of protest, the, the literally the only thing I said is, we are that foundation, and they're they're crumbling us, basically. For lack of a better analogy, you can't have a skeleton without very many bones. You might be able to take a couple of bones out of a skeleton and you can't tell where the body still operates, but like you, you can't take out the ulna in the radius, right? Because then your hands just floating out there. Like there, there's a connectivity here uh, within public schools, within schools. Uh, one concern I've heard from classified staff, I'm sorry, go ahead, Crystal. Well, the other thing too is that in education, there's something called free and appropriate public education. It's a federal law that says basically there are certain things you have to provide in education. And in order to do that, you have to have a certain number of staff in order to be able to provide those things. Teachers by themselves cannot provide a free and appropriate public education without assistance from your back office staff, your custodial staff. Mm -hmm. Because if you rely on teachers to do those jobs, they can't do their jobs, right. which is instruction, right. data, things of that nature. So the actual learning environment. When you don't have those foundational workers, the schools don't operate the way they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. 
And it doesn't seem that way from the outside. You're like, oh, what, you know, it's a custodian. Well, yeah, it's a custodian. But if you're in a not clean environment, your student is not learning. Cafeteria staff, if there's no food, students are not learning. So these workers are integral to the state of education. Crystal and Moore and Quentin Hedden are here on Due South, and we're trying to make some sense of uh, raises that were doled out to more than 2,000 Durham Public Schools employees back in October and then revoked uh, from uh, more than 1,300 of them. Due South and WNC have made multiple requests of Durham Public Schools for an interview of some sort, including with Superintendent Pascal Mubenga, to try to better understand what has happened here and why. Thus far, no interviews and no clarity, but we will continue to push. Our chat with Crystalline and Quentin will continue in just a moment. This is Due South on WUNC. This is Due South on North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. I'm Jeff Tabiri. Welcome back. We're here in studio with Quentin Hedden, an instructional assistant, as well as Crystalline Moore, an exceptional children's teacher. They both work at Riverside High, which uh, is one of the schools in Durham Public Schools. And we're discussing the issue of raises, which were revoked months after they were uh, doled out. Uh, We have lamented uh, several points here in our conversation today. The fact that we have not spoken with anyone from Durham Public Schools. They have not held any press conferences and taken questions from reporters since this debacle effectively uh, rolled out into public view several weeks ago. But there have been several opportunities for certified staff, concerned parents and the like uh, to hear from some uh, Durham Public Schools Uh, leaders and officials, including Bettina Umstead. We're going to play for you uh, a cut that uh, is from Friday, February the 2nd. This is something of an update that the Durham Public School Board Chair Bettina Umstead gave to an audience. So many of our valued employees have been through a really stressful and challenging times. Uh, Our families have been worried about if their children will be able to get to school on time. And our employees have also been concerned about being able to pay their rent. Uh, That's not easy. And the anxiety that folks have carried for the last three weeks is real. It's palatable. We feel it in this room. If I've got it right, you both were at this meeting last Friday in which Bettina Umstead, the uh, Durham Public School Board Chair, spoke. Uh, If you would, give me, uh, I don't know, uh, give me just your, you hear that cut right there. And what are you thinking? Because you're clearly thinking. It's really hard um, to sit through those Board of Education meetings because all of this is being caused somewhere higher up the chain of command than the actual workers. And there is no information being given. And how do you make your home economics budget when you don't know what your income is. These people don't know how much money they're taking home. You cannot plan for any of your bills if you don't know how much money you have. That's that's step one of your monthly budgeting is how much money do we have. And for a lot of classified staff, they are living month-to-month, hand-to-mouth, every month anyway, and now they don't even know how much is in that hand in the first place. And I understand that 
they understand that people are stressed out. But there's been no transparency. You can't even tell us what happened or when it's going to be fixed or why why you've even made the decision. And we're going on, we're coming up, you know, and pretty soon it's going to be a week or um, not a week, a month. And you have no information, nothing. I don't want to ask too conspiratorial of a question, but here I go. Do you have concerns? Have you thought about whether or not your pay could be adjusted again in the future? That would, maybe this is my, my own anxiety and paranoia, but I, okay, so this thing has happened, this this big, big colossal thing. We still don't have answers to it as you're pointing mm-hmm. out, but I, I think I would have some anxiety over like, all right, April 30th is coming. Here comes May 31st. Like, can yep. I count on what I've been told is coming to come? That is a valid thought, and that's what we are dealing with because um, there is uncertainty. It's also not the first time that Durham Public yeah. Schools has done something like this. Yeah, it's just sure. the first time it's happened on this scale. Mm-hmm. Can you pull the curtain back there? Because I'm unfamiliar. Has this happened to either of you before? It, um, so a few years ago, the ROTC program leaders had their pays cut. They've randomly decided to change um, 12-month employees to 10-month employees. Um, there was the year that they they said that we would get uh the yearly step raise and then froze it and then when they finally unfroze it it was a one percent raise instead of the three percent it's supposed to be. I mean, they, it this happens a lot mm-hmm. with with Durham Public Schools, but this is the first time they were like, oh, we're gonna change it. And when you when you change the the step thing is a big one because for some folks that is a huge change in income you're talking some people losing thousands of dollars a month and just for those who don't know and i'm not in education so please help me fill this out but there is a step scale in north carolina Mm -hmm. and it has changed over the years the legislature has shifted it but ostensibly there are more than two dozen steps i believe there are 30 now Mm -hmm. and depending on what your step is that drives your pay. There's also a local supplement in many districts or all the districts, but the local supplement can vary considerably, whether we're talking about Durham County or, or Caswell County. But these factors all go into to what you're paid uh, and how much. And your retirement. Mm-hmm. And your retirement. Quentin Hedden and Crystal and Moore are here with us on Due South. I'm interested if Superintendent, Durham Superintendent Pascal Mubenga were in this chair right now. Not what you would say to him what you would ask him. What's the first question you would ask him, Quentin? When did you find out that the funds were not fully available? Would be a valid question that I would ask him. Quentin, you might be a journalist in your next career. That is one of my very first questions that I'm interested in knowing. (laughs) When did you know? How long? Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't in a matter of days, why was it weeks or months before this got moving forward or not moving forward, but kind of uh, put under a spotlight. Crystal, and one question that you would a- ask, or one of the first questions, if the uh, the Durham Public School superintendent were here with us today. The superintendent is, has to be one of the people, the last person to put his signature on everything that happens in our district. So how did you get a budget passed with raises in it without realizing that there wasn't enough money in that budget. 
And how did you do that and manage to keep your job? And from the reporting that some of my colleagues have done, from the conversations that I have had with several staff members of Durham Public Schools, I mean, the the big number I'm hearing is $8 million. There were $8 million in raises for certified staff that were uh, administered in October. Now, maybe they were never actually given a thumbs up by the board, but they were implemented in checks. And there is a question now, among many others, about $8 million. And uh, the the district apparently doesn't have that $8 million. But to your point, Crystalyn, how did this ball get rolling if there were not $8 million? Yeah, how do you make a budget and not know that it's wrong? I mean, if I made a mistake like that, like we, I wouldn't have a job. That's for sure. Like I, that's my, my big thing is I don't understand how this big of a mistake can happen. And somehow I don't understand how this big of a mistake can happen in the first place. And I especially don't understand how the answer to the mistake is we're just going to mess with the biggest chunk of hardest working people who make the least amount of money in our workforce. What is the the immediate next step for each of you? What is like front and center on the horizon, what you're most focused on here in the, the short term as it pertains to this larger issue? Well, for me, being uh, an instructional assistant, my concern has always been my students. Um, I've been doing this right out of St. Augustine's University. Um, In 2013 was when I finished. I walked in May, but I had my job in February of 2014. Mm -hmm. So before I could even graduate, I I had a job with Durham Public Schools. I've only worked with Durham Public Schools. These kids are my heart. These kids are on my mind every single day. Are they getting fed? Are they getting taken care of? Are they getting the assistance that they need? That's why I took this position, because I knew that's what this position entailed. And where'd you go to high school? I went to high school at Northern. I was a Northern High School graduate in 2007. But this is home. This is where you're This from. is home. This is my home. This is where I grew up. This is the place that basically raised me and told me that no matter how life knocks you down, you just got to keep running with the bulls. You got to keep going. So, but that's that's why, that's what my anticipation is. Even with the pay debacle, I'm still going to work for my students. I'm still going to be there to assist them. I'm still going to help my teachers. I'm still going to help anybody that needs that hand in the classroom because that's why that's why I love my I love my school. Crystalline, what's front and center for you? What are you thinking about here in the next few days, maybe the next week? Um it's it's kind of twofold. At home um I mean we'll, we'll be all right yeah. as far as money at home the big one is is because i'm a first year teacher um i have to pay for a certificate program and now that he's not making his check mm-hmm. i'm not sure how i'm going to pay for that program anymore mm-hmm. yeah. um which is kind of not good because not good, if yeah. i don't pay for it i don't teach um so that's kind of all in the air um which is you know some stress i could really do without but the big one for me is um my I, in my classroom, my classroom's not fully staffed right now. I'm supposed to have two. I only have one. It's already hard for us to get these positions filled in the district already, even with the raise. With this happening, um, I'm afraid that my IA is going to leave and then I won't have an IA. And um, the fear for me is that 
the students that we serve in in special education, if they don't have the IAs, the PTs, the OTs, they are not getting their civil right to education. And the big worry for me across the district, like as a as a whole, is that the district will not be able to serve the most vulnerable students in our schools if we don't have that aspect of classified staff. Um, And also, we would be remiss to not look at the stark reality that a lot of the kids who are in our schools, they are eating at school. They are getting a lot of their basic needs met at school. Mm -hmm. And if they're not, if the classified staff isn't there to provide meals, our cafeteria workers, or even, you know, um, Mr. Holloway at Riverside is always motivating. He's a, a one of our custodial members. Mm-hmm. He, he's always motivating our kids to go to class and do what they're supposed to do. These people are are interacting with these children and getting them to do what they need to do. And my fear as a district is that if we lose good people, the students of Durham Public Schools are not going to have people with the expertise to get them what they need. And as a whole, Durham Public Schools will suffer. Um, and that's that's probably a, a bigger worry than my personal uh, finance worries. I can always, you know, go back to having a second job um, to make money. I mean, you can make money, but... I can't make people be at DPS. Crystalyn Moore is an exceptional children's teacher. Quentin Hedden is an instructional assistant. They both work at Riverside High School, and they have been your guests here on Due South. Thank you both very much. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having, you us. For having so us. This is a story that we've been following here on WUNC, also within our Friday North Carolina News Roundups here on Due South. A special thanks to WUNC education reporter Liz Schlemmer, who has doggedly followed this story thus far and its many developments in recent weeks. To hear more of her reporting and to stay updated as to the twists and turns ahead, please visit our website, wunc.org.